Good morning, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today with the Tokyo Games now just one week away, five-time Olympian Gail Devers discusses how this year will be a very different experience for the athletes, and talks about the medical condition that almost derailed her own Olympic career before it even started. Also this morning in our community and business spotlight, MA Sports, formerly located in the Finley Mall, is holding the official grand opening of their new Man Cave HQ on North Main Street this weekend with something for everyone, even Michigan fans. And another collection of easy summertime recipes from Kyra's Kitchen coming up. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Friday, July 16th, 2021. Looking for a reason to celebrate on this Friday? It is Guinea Pig Appreciation Day. I'm assuming they're talking about the animal, the rodent, not uh, <laughs> the idea that, uh, you know, human guinea pigs. You know what I mean? That's, that's not what we're talking about. Although I suppose there is that too, but it's a Guinea Pig Appreciation Day, National Corn Fritter Day, National Fresh Spinach Day, Rural Transit Day, and it is World Snake Day. Yeah, World Snake Day. <clears throat> Cornfurter Day and National Fresh Spinach Day. Not quite as exciting as Mac and Cheese Day. What was it a couple of days ago at Mac and Cheese Day? And with respect to that, I saw this on the Newswire. A Brooklyn-based ice cream maker, Van Leeuwen Ice Cream, is churning out a new flavor of Kraft macaroni and cheese ice cream. Would you? I think not. Uh, according to Kraft Heinz, the mac and cheese maker wanted to combine two of the most iconic comfort foods to create a treat with a cheesy flavor. <laughs> it is thankfully just a limited edition ice cream, but it is already sold out on the Van Leeuwen ice cream website. And according to a social media post, there has been an overwhelming response to the product. You'll note that they did not say that there has been an overwhelm overwhelmingly positive response. <laughs> Just that there's been an overwhelming response. Anyway. So uh, jump right into it. Here's some of the uh, first things you need to know to get your Friday morning started. A federal government report out this week showed that overdose deaths surged to a record 93,000 last year amid the pandemic, a 29% increase over the previous record of 72,000 over overdose deaths uh, the year before in 2019. According to experts, you guessed it, the lockdowns and other pandemic restrictions are largely to blame because they say uh, they isolated those with drug addictions and made it easier to indulge in those addictions. I'm not sure if the word indulge is the right one in that context, but you understand what I'm saying. But at the same time, not only was it easier to feed that habit because of the isolation and so on, but it also made treatment harder to get in many cases. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said the powerful opioid fentanyl was involved in more than 60% of last year's overdose deaths. So that will be a big part of the debate moving forward. Uh, the unintended consequences of all of the health orders to try and keep us safe. Uh, 
at least for addicts. New study finds that high school students who learned remotely had more social, emotional, and academic problems than those who learned in school. Over the course of the past year, on a 100-point scale, in-person students scored a 77.2 rating for social well-being compared to 74.8 for those who learned remotely. Also, emotional well-being levels were 57.4 for in-person students, 55.7 for remote learners. And while academic well-being levels were 78.4 for in-person students, 77.3 for remote learners. So I thought that was kind of interesting because of the of all of the drop-offs, the academic level was fairly comparable between in-person and remote learning. But it was the social well-being and the emotional well-being levels that saw the larger drop-off. Temple University professor Lawrence Steinberg, co-author of this study, said, Notably, the thriving gap was larger among students in 10th through 12th grades than it was amongst 9th graders. So that's kind of interesting, too. According to a... An update earlier this year from the CDC, students benefit from in-person learning and safely returning to the classroom the fall of 2021 is a priority. Again, those are things that we will talk about and discuss post-pandemic as to uh, the benefits and the drawbacks of everything we went through. California lawmakers yesterday voted unanimously to approve the first state-funded guaranteed income plan. This is, again, in the wake of all of the stimulus payments, the direct payments to Americans that uh, we got during the pandemic, and the child care payments that families with children are getting starting this week. Uh, This is a, a topic that has been debated, particularly among liberals, the idea of a guaranteed income plan. Now, California's program is not a universal guaranteed income plan. Monthly cash payments will be given to specifically pregnant women and to young adults who recently aged out of the foster care system. So those are the two groups that will be eligible. There will be $35 million available for the program. It is intended to reduce the stresses of poverty. Local governments and organizations in the state will apply for funds and run it through their programs, and the Department of Social Services will decide who gets the money. Local officials will determine, will determine the size of the monthly payments, which generally are between $500 and $1,000. There are, of course, critics, among them Republican Assemblyman Vince Fong, who says guaranteed income programs undermine incentives to work and increase dependence on government. But yet, he didn't vote against it, you'll note, because politically, he's not stupid. He's he's an assemblyman in California. He's a Republican assemblyman in California. And if you want to keep your seat in that state and you're a Republican, you got to be careful (laughs) how far right you go. Uh, He abstained from yesterday's vote. And so it was unanimous, but, you know, at least one abstention. Well, that was kind of interesting. Uh, a couple of other uh, interesting stories off of the um, newswire this morning, among the first things you need to know this morning. You remember last weekend, and we were talking about this yesterday, 
Uh, last weekend, Richard Branson went to the edge of space. Billionaire Jeff Bezos launches himself into space next week. And when he does, he will be joined by a teenage physics student. The 18-year-old passenger, Oliver Damon, will become the youngest person ever to fly in space. Now, apparently, he is going to get the seat that had been expected to go to that anonymous $28 million winning bidder of an online auction. You remember when that made headlines a few weeks ago? But apparently, that guy who bought the seat can't go. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever like bought tickets to a show uh, and then you had to eat them because you couldn't go? And you think, man, I spent all this money on these seats to this show and now I can't go. Can you imagine bidding $28 million to go to space and then something comes up? First of all, if I'm paying $28 million for anything, they ain't nothing coming up. <laughs> I'm going. If I've spent that kind of money. Uh, and if you had the opportunity to go to space, at, you know, can you just say, oh, I can't go to space because something came up? Anyway, uh, Blue Origin announced yesterday that the auction winner had a scheduling conflict. But the good news is uh, that individual will fly on a later mission, assuming he doesn't have a conflict with that. But anyway, um, so a I thought it was I mean, if you're going to give up your seat, that's the person to give it up to is a, an 18 year old student. How cool is that that a high school student gets the opportunity to fly into space will be far and away the youngest person ever to fly in space. Also, the July 20 launch launch of the new Shepard spacecraft will carry legendary aviation pioneer Wally Funk, who at 82 years old will become the oldest person to travel in space, surpassing John Glenn several years ago. So that's really cool. This one flight will have on board the youngest and the oldest people ever to travel into space. That's kind of cool. One person who will not be going to space anytime soon, Ashton Kutcher. Uh, speaking to Cheddar News... Ashton Kutcher admitted that he actually did have a ticket for the next Virgin Galactic mission to space. That's uh, Richard Branson's company. Uh, he was going to go on the next mission, but he returned his ticket to space. What were we just talking about? Would you turn down the opportunity to go to space? Well, Ashton Kutcher did. He said after his wife made him consider the risk. He said uh, Mila Kunis, who he's married to, explained how going to space while he had young children was not a good move for their family. However, he did say he will be going to space at some point in his life. Uh, his children are currently six and four years old. So assuming I'm assuming that later when he, they get a little bit older <laughs> and they don't need him anymore, if he doesn't come back, <laughs> he's going to go to space one of these days. And lastly, among the first things you need to know this morning, something to chew on here. We love our dogs. No family is complete without a dog. But do our dogs really love us back? Well, of course they love us back, but they, frankly, are ingrates. Uh, researchers at the University of Veterinary Medicine find that dogs are no more likely to be helpful to humans who are helpful to them as compared to humans that are not helpful to them. Now, previous studies have showed that dogs are capable of directing helpful behavior 
toward other dogs that have helped them in the past. But in the case of this new study, researchers say they find that the same is not true of human helpers. Uh, they don't know whether it's a lack of ability or a lack of inclination among dogs to reciprocate or the experimental design of the project. Uh, the research may have not detected uh, recipro recipro reciprocity <laughs> among dogs. Easy for me to say is it could be because humans are typically a food giver in the relationship and dogs can't feed us because uh, the dogs fail to recognize the connection between the human's helpful behavior and the reward. So anyway, but the basic long and short of this research, they say that uh, dogs are basically ingrates. They're no more, no more likely to help you <laughs> if you help them than they are a complete stranger. I guess maybe you could interpret that as saying, hey, dogs, j they just love everybody one way or the other. Or you can look at it as being ingrates. However you want to. Anyway. There you go. Something to chew on this morning. Some of the first things you need to know <laughs> to get your Friday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. The National Weather Service says heavy rain is expected today through tomorrow morning. Forecasters say up to two inches of rain could fall in a short amount of time, resulting in flooding. Drivers should be alert for ponding on the roadways and reduce visibility. We have a link on our website where you can check out the latest river levels. The U.S. government is starting to deposit child tax credit money into the accounts of more than 35 million families. Ohio U.S. Senator Sherrod Brown says these monthly checks will be life-changing for many families. It means taking away the anxiety they faced the last week of the month, figuring out how to pay their rent. For other families, it will mean a child for the first time gets to go to a week at summer camp. And the best thing is it's up to the families to decide how they want to spend that $250 or $300. He says most families will now qualify for monthly payments for as much as 300 per child, and the president is seeking to extend the payments and make them permanent, saying that would cut child poverty in half. Proponents of Ohio's new school funding plan say it should finally provide a level of fairness and reliability that past spending programs lacked. Get more on our website. Ohioans are gearing up to celebrate history-making astronaut John Glenn, who would have turned 100 on Sunday. This weekend, his birthplace of Cambridge and his childhood hometown of New Concord are joining forces to commemorate the occasion with a three-day festival. Several events are taking place this Friday through Sunday for the John Glenn Centennial Celebration. Glenn, as you know, was the first American to orbit the Earth. He served in the U.S. Senate for 24 years, then at 77 became the oldest person to go into space. He died in 2016 at the age of 90. Five. I'm Yolanda Harris. Good news for drivers in Findlay. The Howard Street Bridge replacement project has been finished. The bridge is located on Howard Street between Broad Avenue and Fox Street. The project replaced the previous bridge whose condition had warranted the construction of a new bridge meeting current standards. The project was expected to take two and a half months, but it was finished ahead of schedule. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Well, with the Olympic Games in Tokyo just about a week away now, we are joined this morning by nine-time world champion, five-time Olympian, and three-time Olympic gold medalist Gail Devers. What you may not know about this track and field legend is that she achieved all of that Olympic glory while battling Graves' disease. 
July, as it happens, is Graves Disease Awareness Month. And Gail, this is this is something that almost derailed your track and field career, uh, your Olympic career, almost before it started. You're right. You know what? Um, just as my career, as you say, it was getting started, and this was back in 1988, my first Olympic Games, the bottom fell out. I went, um, didn't make it to the finals, and it took two and a half years of me trying to get answers. I was sidelined. I couldn't run. I couldn't train. I struggled from debilitating symptoms of, like, extreme weight loss. I was supposed to be 120. I ended up being 79 pounds. There's wow. a problem. Wow. Hair loss. I was fatigued, but yet I had insomnia, couldn't sleep. And then I had all these eye symptom problems, you know. And so after three years, I finally got back on the track. I got my diagnosis of my Graves disease. And I'm like, okay, great. I got my life back. And that wasn't the case. You know, now it's 30 plus years now. Fast forward to today, I'm still having eye symptom problems of bulging pain. I've got, you know, bulging eyes. I've got pain. I've got redness. I have sensitivity to light. And I myself said, okay, this must be like residuals of my Graves disease. And I just recently found out by going to a website, focus on TED.com, that what I have is called thyroid eye disease. And because I have Graves disease, it's related, but it's separate. And I have to be treated by a separate, you know, I have to have separate care for this. And with respect to that, also joining us is Dr. Gary Lelly. He's an ophthalmology specialist at Weill Cornell Medicine in New York City. And Dr. Lelly, it says here up to 50% of people with Graves' disease may also develop thyroid eye disease. What is that and who is most likely to be among that group? Right, Chris, that's true. Um, Thyroid eye disease uh, is an autoimmune inflammatory condition that occurs around the eyes. The most common patients will be patients who also have Graves' disease, which is a separate autoimmune process that occurs in the thyroid gland. Um, But other patients can develop thyroid eye disease, sometimes referred to as TED. Um, Patients with low thyroid levels, with Hashimoto's thyroiditis, uh, also can develop thyroid eye disease. Women are much more common than men to get the disease. Smokers are more common uh, as well to get thyroid eye disease. And what winds up happening is the inflammation that occurs around the eyes causes the eyes to bulge. And so the eyes will look bigger than they used to. Um, There'll be a a significant change in the way the patient's appearance uh, is. And they may notice this at first subtly by way of just simple photos, um, but it can be progressive and devastating from a functional perspective. About half of patients with TED will develop double vision. And that can create problems. I have patients tell me that they, they can't drive to work. Um, they need someone to take them to their doctor's appointments. Um, I mean, imagine, you know, trying to run the hurdles and seeing two hurdles sure. instead of one. Right, These exactly. Things, so, you know, it, that they can- so, is this, so is this treatable? It is. Uh, and the, the most important thing, step one, actually you're doing, and in, in partnership with Horizon, you know, we're thankful that we're getting the word out and educating people because the real important thing is getting in with a specialist um, early, uh, not having to wait two, three, 30 years to have a diagnosis, but get in with a specialist early. You can find one on that website uh, that that Gail mentioned, uh, focusonted.com. Because once you get in with a specialist, we can determine what the disease is causing in your specific case and then put you down the right path for treatment and get patients back to functioning uh, quickly. 
Now, Gail, uh, obviously you were able to go on to Olympic greatness. And as you mentioned, still, even today, you are battling uh, all of this. What advice would you have for others? Um, my advice would be, first of all, if you have Graves' disease, make sure you're being taken care of with that. But also pay attention to your eye health. I covered my mirrors. I couldn't stand the way I looked. You know, um, I, it, I didn't have to go through that. If I had known back then what I know now, and because mm -hmm. I know it, I have to spread the word. I want people to get their lives back on track. I think I suffered enough for everyone. And the way to alleviate that suffering is by educating them. Yeah. I want them to get to the finish line first. Now, uh, before we let you go, and just to uh, kind of segue here a bit, I do have to ask you about the upcoming games, since we've got you on the line here this morning, Gail, and the fact that there will be so much different this time around. No fans allowed, athletes only going to be permitted to stay long enough to compete in their events. This is going to be such a different atmosphere than your experience. How is that likely to affect the performance of the athletes. I mean, what effect does all of that have on the psyche, if nothing else, of an Olympic athlete? Right. Well, you know, these are challenges. and But we've all been faced with this, this challenge of this pandemic for the last year, year and a half, of not knowing if the games were going to go off, you know, and yeah. still having to be ready. Think about these athletes. They didn't know. It was supposed to be last year, and they were it – was, it was, no, it's not going to happen. But they still had to be ready. The venue may change, but what's happening in the venue is the same. You still have to train. So during the pandemic, they had to find other places to train, whether it was in their garage or, or the park or whatever, so that when they get the green light to say that we're going to have the game, they're ready for that. So the challenge of people not being in the stadium, yeah. what's the difference? When you go to practice, there's nobody cheering for you. Well, but that's you true. still got to run those times. You have to run the times. And then think about – when I ran, 100,000 people in the stands, but when I got in the block, in order for me to focus, they tell everybody to be quiet. Mm, so yeah. I think we're going to have a great Olympic Games. These people, these athletes know that the challenges that they had to deal with is going to fuel them to do what they've got to do to take care of business. And all it reminds me of is the challenge of me not knowing if I ever get back to the Olympic Games oh, yeah. with my great seat. And yeah. I did it, and they will too. Uh, there won't be any flag waving in the stands, but we will definitely be cheering them on from a distance back here at home. Olympic le legend uh, Gail Devers and ophthalmology specialist Dr. Gary Lelly with us this morning for Graves Disease Awareness Month and uh, talking about uh, thyroid eye disease as an extension of that. Mention again the uh, website where folks can get more information. Well, I'm going to tell it to you this way, Chris. You're part of my relay now, Okay. In a relay, we pass the baton, and we pass this baton now. It's full of knowledge. So that website is focusonted.com. I gave it to you. Now it's up to you to pass it to the rest of the world. We thank will, you for having us on. We will put that up on our webpage and do our part. Guys, thank you both for uh, taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. Now, the Good Mornings Community and Business Spotlight. On the phone with Mike Neff of MA Sports. You have probably dropped by his store in the Finley Village Mall a time or two. Now he has an all-new Man Cave HQ on North Main Street. Mike, new digs. That's pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, it is. It's real exciting, and I'm hoping to be able to see a lot of people, and hopefully we can make some people happy. Now, from the looks of it, uh, and I haven't been in the new store, but from the looks of it, it's a, a bigger uh, space than you have. 
had in the mall. So more space, more stuff, right? The, the front end has more space. So yes, they will be a, quite a bit more showing just less space for inventory <laughs> <laughs> that means you got to sell a whole lot more so we'll encourage folks do, to stop boy, by <laughs> some need everybody's help something for fans of just about every team in every sport let me ask you this what is the most difficult fan item to get sometimes it's unfortunate but a lot of our a lot of things come from uh, across the seas and stuff and mm-hmm. yeah it's just right now it's Depending on the overseas thing, it's kind of a it's kind of a tough situation right now. Yeah, and I would imagine, like everything else, uh, you know, it's hard to know when you know you get new stock. I guess uh, that uh, emphasizes the point. You see something that you like, you better grab it because you never know when you might right. uh, you know get something uh, get something back like it in in stock. What about this? Let me ask you the kind of the flip side of that. What is the most difficult stuff to keep in stock once you get it? Just about anything, Ohio State. It's just. <laughs> You know, and I do make some unusual plaques and stuff. So a lot of times I might only have enough to make one or two. And if enough people come in, they're usually gone. Yeah. And uh, I, I do have single cards available. And like a lot of the rookie cards, sometimes that's a tough one. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so. you you bring up the point. You make some you know one-of-a-kind type things, stuff that you won't find anywhere else. Right. Just to give you an example of something, I I make a uh, Heisman Trophy plaque for Ohio State, and it has seven Heisman cards of the Heisman Trophy winners. And then I got a photo of Ohio Stadium, and, and it's got a plate and a pretty good-sized board and everything. And, you know, you're not going to find that anywhere. I just about guarantee you that. And uh, I also do one for Michigan and also one for Notre Dame. So, again, something for every fan that they would love to hang in their own man cave. And you have a grand opening event at the new store coming up tomorrow from 10 to 2. What is happening there at the store? Well, we're going to have, for Buckeyes fans, Jacoby Boren's going to come in from 11 to 1 and sign autographs. And uh, something, you know, this is going to be a little bit unique. We have some replica Heisman trophies there at the store, but they are signed. Two of them are by Archie Griffin and one by Troy Smith. All three are legitly signed, but we're going to have a photographer there tomorrow. And I think from about 10 to 2, she's going to take photos of people that want to get their picture taken with the Heisman trophies. And possibly Jacoby Boren's, he was on the 2014 championship team. And I think he's going to let people put put his ring on. So this could be a good thing, a good momental thing for people that, you know, you might never see this again, especially with the Heisman trophies. Absolutely. And then we're going to have some pizza there and it's just kind of going to be a good welcoming time for me to get to meet a lot of the, the new people around Finley. And there's no doubt people will not be disappointed in my store. It's just, you got to see it. And where exactly is the uh, new location? We mentioned on Main Street, but where exactly? Okay, it's on North Main Street, so if people are familiar with the Brindle Furniture Store that was on the north side of town, north past the college, probably about another mile up the road on the left, it was the old Brindle Store. Larry Stearns bought the building and he divided it into like five businesses, so I got one of them, and it's also right beside Sink's Flower Shop. So we're going to check that out. Mike Neff of MA Sports, Man Cave HQ. You want to drop by their grand opening tomorrow. Uh, Also check them out on Facebook. Mike, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. I appreciate you giving me a holler. The Community and Business Spotlight is a promotional advertisement. 
paid for by the featured sponsor. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update to the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. Now this is the gift that keeps on giving. The FartVac is a hand-operated air pump that utilizes an activated carbon filter and claims to reduce the stench of one's flatulence. According to a press release from the inventors, quote, FartVac is the world's first fart vacuum and filtering system. You can now fart without shame. No more pain while fighting nature and holding in gas, unquote. The description of the product also notes that this is a great gift for the gassy people in your life. All of the gassy people in your life. <laughs> now, they do uh, can, uh, include a couple of disclaimers. It says there is no guarantee that FartVac will remove all of the smell from your horrible gas. Also, if you break wind a little too hard and it turns into something else, <laughs> the FartVac can't help you. I'm sorry. In that case, the website... For the product recommends a new pair of undergarments and maybe a good shower. The FartVac vacuum retails for a mere $9.99. $9.99? Really? That's it? That's it? We've gone how many centuries without this? And it's only $9.99 to... Hello, Shark Tank. I think... I'm going to get one of these uh, for our uh, family's gift exchange this Christmas. <laughs> Elsewhere in the broken news, I'll tell you what, New York is a tough town. New York Police Department says a 32-year-old man fell asleep on the front stoop of his Brooklyn apartment building. Now, how many times we all do this, right? You're sitting on the, on the front porch or sitting on the back deck or on your balcony, or your patio, or whatever, and it's a beautiful day, and you just kind of doze off. So a guy did this at the front stoop of his Brooklyn apartment building around 4.30 in the morning on July 2nd, and was robbed, was robbed, not once, but twice. Short time later, a man approached him and took his messenger bag that contained a laptop, and uh, then just after 5 a.m., another man approached and took his phone and his wallet right out of his pants pocket. Wow. Robbed twice during one nap. Uh, that man, second uh, thief, used the victim's debit card to make unauthorized purchases at a store a short time later. Police have not made any arrests yet, despite the incident being caught on a nearby security camera. Wow. That is a tough town, right? <laughs> right there. You, you doze off for just a second. And you're robbed twice. Uh, let's see. The beers were flowing and the fists were throwing at an independent Frontier League baseball game in New Jersey on Thursday night. And New York's tough town, New Jersey, not too far behind, it appears. A, a viral video has been posted of the New Jersey Jackals and the Sussex County Miners baseball game. In the stands, a brawl on what was reported to be Dollar Beer Night at Yogi Berra Stadium in Little Falls. Well, Dollar Beer Night is never a good idea. You would think that these teams would learn that after a while. You would think that their, 
you would know better, but a video shows members of both teams, members of both teams, not just the fans, members of both teams spilling into the stands after a fan allegedly poured a beer onto one of the uh, Sussex County players. So I think there might be uh, some more uh, penalties uh, coming in that incident. More more to the story is is a This is a very backwards way of uh, reaching a goal, I guess. Police in Louisiana say Justin Pope, age 29, was arrested on Tuesday for allegedly stealing a ring belonging to his girlfriend, Samantha, and then, get what he did with it, he stole a ring from his girlfriend, and then he pawned it to get money to buy her an engagement ring. (laughs) Uh, the incident, which actually happened a couple of years ago, uh, it's not clear why Mr. Pope was only recently arrested, but police say he returned to the pawn shop a couple of weeks after hocking the ring to get it back. The ring, by the way, was valued at $4,500. And so, okay, so he basically, he pawned the ring. Uh, planned on buying it back. So he pawns the girlfriend's ring that he stole so that he can buy her an engagement ring. <laughs> but he he had every intention of going back and getting the original ring back. Here's the problem. When he went back to get it, it had already been melted down for scrap. Oh, man. <clears throat> I wonder how the engagement's going. <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. And finally, in the broken news this morning, this from the international file, and it relates back to the uh, pandemic. All kinds of people are doing all kinds of weird things during the uh, pandemic. James Scudder, age 35, said that during the uh, pandemic, uh, he got bored and decided to convert his family's red Super Sport XL. Now, I, I should point out that this is one of those like miniature battery-operated children's cars, like little power wheels. I don't know that they call them power wheels in the UK, but it's those little battery-operated kids' uh, car toys. So <laughs> he has converted it uh, to a street-legal vehicle. And why did he get this bugaboo to to do that? Well, because (laughs) during the uh, pandemic, uh, he was pulled over by law enforcement for for driving the toy vehicle down city streets. (laughs) The cops pulled him over and said, you really should not be driving that thing on the street. It was a uh, traffic stop happened last year, shortly after the pandemic began. And he says it inspired him to make the car street legal. So he modified the car. It now has turn signals, hazard lights, and a horn to comply with local road vehicle requirements. He also replaced replaced the car's 24-volt standard battery with a 48-volt lead-acid battery, which now means the car can reach speeds in excess of 20 miles an hour. (laughs) No safety concerns whatsoever. It is street legal. So... All is well, I guess. There you go. That is 
<laughs> Some people with way too much time on their hands during the pandemic. There you go. That is uh, today's update of the broken news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. We're more than a ringing bell and red kettle for your change. We're committed to doing the most good all year round. The Finley Salvation Army. This is Major Mike Morales, and we have a long history of serving Hancock County families, not only with meals, presents, and other Christmas time assistance, but summer camp for underprivileged kids, emergency financial aid, music and arts programs, and much more. You can help us with a donation of funds or goods or your volunteer time. Get in touch with us at the Finley Corps of the Salvation Army. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news, the statistics, that shape our lives. It is no secret that Americans are politically divided, very bitterly politically divided these days, maybe uh, as divided as we have ever been in our lifetime. And a new Gallup poll finds those divisions also have a big effect on what institutions people trust. Poll found, for instance, that 76% of Republicans trust the police compared to just 31% of Democrats. 51% of Republicans have confidence in in the church, the church in general, or organized religion, while just 26% of Democrats do. But at a time when a Democrat is in the White House, 62% of Democrats trust the presidency, compared to just 13% of Republicans. And I would imagine that number was... At a minimum, the exact opposite uh, last year or the year before. You know what I mean? Um, Democrats trust public schools more than Republicans do. 43% to 20%. Um, The media, same way. Democrats have significantly more confidence in newspapers and TV news reporters in general. No big surprise there. Only three institutions. Only three had confidence from a majority of Americans. You want to take a guess at what they are? Uh, Small business at 70%. That was at the top. Small business at 70. The military at 69%. And then the police at 51%. So again, kind of interesting um, overall police. Uh, Again, you're talking about local police versus the police in general. Because we mentioned that uh, Republicans trust the police more than Democrats, but local police or the or a specific police person, police officer, uh, was uh, ranked much higher. At the other end of the spectrum, equally interesting is the fact that just twelve percent overall have confidence in Congress and eighteen percent in big business. So while small business is right at the top of the list in terms of uh, bipartisan support, uh, a bipartisan lack of support for Congress in general and in big business. Overall trust, uh, again, across the board on both sides, uh, has fallen. Uh, Overall trust in key institutions in general has fallen down 10 uh, 10 points in the last decade. Some interesting numbers there on who we trust and who we don't trust in America today. Time once again to finish up the week by heading to the kitchen, or rather the 
kitchen heading to the studio as it happens. Uh, my wife Kyra is here with another collection of easy summertime recipes from Kyra's Kitchen to share. Good morning, Kai. Good morning. Uh, so this was a uh, this was a dish that we had the uh, the other night. Yep. And I thought this was kind of kind of cool. It's the the first two here kind of go together. Yes. And uh, I had said some time ago. Uh, we have all of these ramen noodles uh, in our uh, in our pantry, <laughs> and uh, they usually only get eaten when one of us is is sick. sick. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> something really easy and and quick and and so on. Yeah, uh, that you can and so it has brothy. Sort yeah, of exactly. Stuff. So, so it's yeah. you know, um, yeah. but you know, but a lot of people they will eat ramen noodles all oh, the yeah. time. I mean, it's a you know, it's an inexpensive. Mm-hmm. You know, meal. Yep, college uh, students. And so, yeah, especially. <laughs> and so, uh, I kind of half challenged my wife to come up with a unique recipe involving ramen noodles. Yes. And lo and behold, that's what we have. Yes. Uh, so we'll get to the noodles in just a bit because it's uh, it's more than just cooking up the noodles. Mm-hmm. You actually uh, you know, spice it up a little bit. But mm-hmm. to go along with that, uh, it's a recipe for marinated and grilled pork loin steaks. Yes. This is really good it stuff, is. with or without the ramen noodles. This yeah. is good. Yeah. So, so uh, half a cup of Worcestershire sauce, one tablespoon of dried basil, quarter cup of balsamic vinegar, quarter cup of soy sauce, two tablespoons of olive oil, one teaspoon of minced garlic, a half a teaspoon of pepper, and your four bo- boneless uh, pork loin chops. So this this recipe is for four. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah, I halved it for ours. Honey. Yeah, I was going to say you can yeah. you can half it, yeah. or you can double it if you've yeah. got people coming oh, yeah. over or whatever. Yeah, if you've you got know, more so. people coming. But yeah. this is for four. Okay. Yes, this is for four people. So a family of four. So combine your sauce, your basil, your uh, vinegar, your soy sauce, your olive oil, and your minced garlic, your black pepper in a bowl, um, and combine that all together. Then place your pork chops uh, in a Ziploc bag. And add three-fourths of the marinade and refrigerate for about four hours or so. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then remove the steaks from the bag and place on a preheated grill uh, over medium heat, uh, 10 to 15 minutes on each side. Then with your leftover uh, sauce um, marinade, um, you can uh, baste... um, yeah. Uh, while you're cooking mm-hmm. uh, with the uh, leftover, almost like a barbecue sauce sure. um, to get, give it more flavor while it's cooking. Uh, remove from the grill, let the meat stand for about five minutes, and then serve. Simple as that. Now, I will say this because I am one that I, I just have a sensitivity to things with a, a sharp uh, taste like the right. soy sauce and right. the garlic. You're yeah. using both. both, and so you really want to watch with that carefully. I mean, yeah. like you said, it calls for a quarter cup of soy sauce and uh, what a tablespoon of minced garlic. Yeah. Uh, so you know, just watch yeah. those levels because that can be a very sharp. But it yeah. was good. It yeah. was good. I but you wouldn't want to add. I don't think any more. Yeah, no, that. and you definitely don't need salt. And, right. Don't add any more salt. <laughs> right, and and you might even be able to back that off a little bit, depending on how much yeah. you like those you know sharp yeah. uh, uh, tastes. But it was very, very good, really easy to make. Yep. And uh, again, you can do that with or without the uh, garlic ramen noodles yes. that you add to it. And again, here, more garlic on top of that. So 
Yes. So two packages of ramen noodles, uh, two tablespoons of olive oil, two tablespoons of minced garlic, quarter cup of soy sauce, three tablespoons of brown sugar, and one teaspoon of hot sauce. Uh, so in your nonstick uh, non skillet or a wok, I used our wok our electric wok, um, add your noodles, cover with about two cups of water, boil for about three minutes, drain the noodles and set those aside. Uh, add your olive oil, your garlic, your soy sauce, your brown sugar, and your hot sauce in the skillet. Uh, mix over medium heat for about three minutes. Add your noodles, mix and serve. Again, really simple. Yep. By the way, I'm just going to bring this up uh, because... Uh, I think we've actually had the uh, had the question we talk about, and we've had recipes before where you use your wok. Yes, those used to be really easy to find. Yeah, not so easy anymore no. to find a wok. Nope. Um, and you can use it for all kinds yeah, of an things. An electric wok. And an electric wok. Yeah. What do they have? Gas powered woks? No, they have the ones you could put on the stoves, and a lot oh, of people okay. use them if they have like a. Uh, um, uh, gas stove. Ah, um, gotcha. Which okay. we don't have. Um, so I. I like having the so electric if, yeah. wok. Yeah, so those yeah. are those are hard to find, but you yeah. can you can find them mm -hmm. uh, mostly online. I think we get mm -hmm. ours on Amazon. Yeah. But uh, anyway, you can find them, but they're they're not really easy uh, to find. But anyway, just as a, a side note on that, and then for dessert, have a recipe for cronuts. <laughs> yes, so one package of refrigerated crescent sheets. The sheet, not not the not crescent, the crescent rolls. rolls. The, the crescent sheet. Yes. Okay. Uh, one four ounce container of vanilla pudding, your snack size already made up. Um, two cups of powdered sugar, one teaspoon of vanilla extract, one tablespoon of milk, and then your vegetable oil for frying. Uh, so pour your oil into a pan about two inches deep. I use my wok again for this. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, and heat. To about 350 degrees. That's another nice thing about the wok is it has the degrees right on the thing and sure. tells you when it's at 350. Mm -hmm. Fold your dough in half one direction, then repeat the other direction. So like a Z, fold it like a Z. Okay. So, um, and then flat. And then um, cut out your circles uh, with your dough using, if you have a biscuit cutter or if you don't, use a glass, uh, a cup. Yeah. And and cut it that way. Yeah. So then uh, gather up your scraps, roll those into one-inch balls uh, for cronut holes, mm -hmm. <laughs> and fry it for approximately 90 minutes on each side until I'm sorry, wait, golden brown. 90 seconds. You said 90 or, minutes. Uh, 90 seconds. Sorry. 90 minutes would be a little bit long. Yeah, that would be too they long. Would be, sorry. They would be overdone. My bad. <laughs> yes, 90 seconds on each side or until golden brown. Um, and then, but just make sure they're cooked through. Right. Um, and they're going to, um, they're kind of going to, uh, float as they, as they yeah, cook. Right. So you're going to know. Mm -hmm. Um, then, uh, drain on a paper towel, let cool, then split open your cronuts. Or if you have a, um, decorator, um, uh, icing bag, you can use, you can use that and to squirt. inject mm -hmm. the Yeah. So either way, cut it into, or or put in the pudding, it. whichever way you want to do it. Um, fill each one of them with about two tablespoons of pudding, and then um, replace the top. Or if you squirt it in, you don't have to do that. Right. Then make your glaze with your sugar, your vanilla, and your milk. 
Um, if you need to add, if your uh, glaze isn't quite thin enough, add a little bit more milk mm-hmm. um, and um, about a half a t- tablespoon at a time until glaze is a, at a good consistency. Uh, then drizzle over the top, let the glaze set, and then enjoy. There you go. Simple as that. Some uh, really great uh, recipes for you to try this weekend. The marinated and grilled pork loin steaks along with the garlic ramen noodles and then cronuts for dessert. Yes. That's good stuff. We've got those recipes posted on the WFIN Facebook page right now. You can go and check those out. Also have it linked up at goodmornings.net. My wife, Kyra, with uh, more recipes from Kyra's Kitchen this morning. Kai, thanks very much. You're welcome. And that will put a wrap on our podcast for today. want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage. That is, of course, goodmornings.net. Coming up Monday on the program, growing number of homeowners are looking to renovate their current place rather than fight the red-hot real estate market. But that frenzy is spilling over into the home improvement market, too. So until Monday morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day, a great weekend. We'll catch you back here next week.